guys sound really, really good singing. Y'all can have a seat. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor. I'm the same guy that was baptizing people earlier, so I had my morning bath and got dressed for church today. Thank you for coming to our Easter service. Uh, just a little bit of a peek into my uh, growing up years. When I was a kid, one of my favorite book series was Choose Your Own Adventure by R.A. Montgomery. Anybody else read these books when you were a kid? So there are some fellow nerds out there. Thank you for identifying with me. Well, the thing that I love about the Choose Your Own Adventure books is that you are the main character of the story, and you are in control of the storyline. So the way that these books are written is every two or three pages, you have a decision to make, a choice to make, and you can choose this and turn to page 17 and go on this adventure, or you can choose that and turn to page 23 and go on that adventure. And it's just like a never-ending game of reading and choosing your own adventure. And I loved these books when I was a kid. And it may be uh, a little bit of a surprise to some of you to know that for the last several weeks, we have been reading from and studying a choose-your-own-adventure book on Sunday morning. And you say, I, wait, I don't remember that. Actually, we've been in the Gospel of Mark for the last several Sundays. And we're going to conclude the Gospel of Mark this week. And the Gospel of Mark is a choose-your-own-adventure gospel. This is a book at which every turn in the book, every page, every chapter, Mark is challenging us with the question, who is this man? Who is Jesus? And Mark tells us that Jesus is the Son of God who brings the kingdom of God near. And then all throughout the Gospel of Mark, he's showing us who Jesus is, and he's challenging us to choose your own adventure. As you read about who Jesus is and about the things that Jesus does, we have a decision to make. What are we going to do with Mark's story about Jesus? How are we going to respond? What adventure are we going to choose? Mark's gospel is a choose-your-own-adventure, and the greatest adventure is what Mark gives to us. The greatest choice is the choice Mark gives to us at the end, the very end of his gospel, the last chapter, chapter 16. And that's where we'll be at today. If you want to follow along in your Bibles, find Mark chapter 16. We'll start with verse 1. As we read these, this question needs to be in your mind. This is the question Mark wants to ask us today. What adventure will you choose? What adventure will you choose as we read these eight verses? Let me just set the scene for you as you find that. This scene, the closing scene of Mark's gospel, comes immediately following the crucifixion of Christ. So Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane while he was there praying with his disciples. He was betrayed by one of his best friends, Judas. And they arrested him, and they put him on trial before the Roman governor, Pilate. And they made all kinds of false accusations about Jesus. And Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent of all these charges, but he handed Jesus over to be crucified anyway. Jesus was beaten, he was whipped, he was spit on, he was mocked and scorned, and then they drug him out to the edge of town and they crucified him. They nailed him through the hands and the feet on a cross, and he suffered an agonizing death that took several hours for him to die on that cross. 
And after Jesus' death, a wealthy Jewish leader of the day named Joseph of Arimathea got permission to take Jesus' body off the cross, to wrap it up in a linen shroud, and to bury it in his own tomb. And Joseph rolled a heavy stone across the entrance to the tomb. And some of the women who were disciples of Jesus, who had followed him all throughout his ministry, watched these events unfold from a distance. And they followed Joseph, and they saw where he buried Jesus' body. And they saw him roll the stone across the entrance to the tomb. And that's where Mark picks up in verse 1 of chapter 16. All those events happened on Friday. And then the next day was Saturday, which is the Jewish Sabbath day. And so they rested on that day. And then in verse six, chapter 16, verse 1, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, on Sunday morning, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? They wanted to give Jesus a proper burial. They wanted to go and, and anoint his body with spices and oil and wrap him up in the, the linen cloth, and they wanted to, to honor him in that way because they loved him. But as they were going, they remembered the, the stone that was rolled across the entrance to the tomb, and it was too heavy for them to move. So they said, who's going to move this stone for us? Verse 4, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Now, this young man in a white robe was an angel. Mark doesn't give us that detail, but... Matthew and Luke do. This was an angel sent by God to greet these women as they came to the tomb. So they saw this young man in the white robe and they were alarmed. Verse 6, don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go Tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So the angel greets the women and they're afraid of him. I, I would be afraid if I saw an angel. And he says, don't, don't be afraid. Jesus isn't here. The tomb's empty. Look where his body was laid. It's gone. That's because Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. And he's gone ahead of you into Galilee. Go and tell Peter. Go and tell the disciples. He will meet you there. Verse 8, trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The end. That's the end of Mark's gospel. And you know, I, I tend to think that that is a little bit of a disappointing ending. Right? So here we have this epic story of Jesus. Mark has told us one of the most amazing stories that anybody has ever heard, the most incredible story in human history about the Son of God who stepped into our world, about all the miracles that Jesus did, about how he healed the sick and raised the dead back to life, about how he cast out evil spirits and set people free from their addictions and their slavery. He's shown us how Jesus could heal, how Jesus had great power. He's shown us the amazing teaching that Jesus had and the wisdom and the insight 
to open our hearts and our minds to God's word. He showed us how Jesus had authority to forgive sins, something that only God could do. And he showed us how Jesus suffered and died on the cross to save us. And in, the, and in all this amazing story, we get the end. They fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid the end. Now, now this is a little bit of a letdown. I mean, we know, we're reading this story. We know 2,000 years later that Jesus isn't there. They're going to find the tomb empty. We've heard this story before. And so we're like reading this and we're excited for what's going to happen and when they see the angel. But these women didn't know that. And so we can, we can kind of watch this scene unfold, and they get to the tomb, and the angel's like, no, he's alive. Go tell Peter. Go tell the disciples. He's gone ahead to Galilee. Go find him there. And we're thinking, "Woohoo! Jesus is alive. We're excited. And then nothing. I think the reason why Mark gives us this rather abrupt and somewhat disappointing ending is because he wants us to say, what? They did what? What would I have done differently if I had been the one to find the empty tomb and to speak with an angel? How would I have reacted to that situation? What adventure would I have chosen? Mark's gospel is a choose-your-own-adventure gospel because it's not just that we have to pretend like we were back there, but we have the same announcement today. Jesus is alive. The grave is empty. His body isn't there because he has risen. So here's what these women did. What are we going to do? What adventure will you choose? And I think Mark gives us three choices in these eight verses. The first choice is you can walk away and do nothing. You can get up when the service is over, have a cookie on your way out, go home and live the rest of your week and the rest of your life as if you never heard this message and leaves no impact on who you are. You can choose to do that. Many people choose to live their lives apart from Christ. They choose not to accept the truth of who he is as the defining truth of their life. And they choose to live their own life rather than the life God is calling them to. And that's a choice that all of us are free to make. But that's not really a choice that I would recommend. Because what we believe about Jesus is the single most important decision we will make in our lives. It will change your life literally forever. And the question I have is, are we really willing to risk eternity on deciding to walk away and do nothing? But we're free to do that. That's how the women reacted in verse 8. Now we know that later they overcame their fear and they did go and tell the disciples and Peter and John came and they found the empty tomb and they went to Galilee and they saw Jesus alive there. So we know that later some things happened. But Mark doesn't give us those details because he wants to challenge us with that question. What are we going to do? Will we be like these women and walk away and do nothing? The second choice that Mark gives us at the end of the gospel is you can choose to follow Jesus. You can choose to have faith in Christ. You can be like the 15 people that got baptized this morning and you heard their testimony. You heard how they came to faith in Christ, how they decided to, to follow Jesus with their life, to believe 
what the Gospel of Mark and the whole Bible teaches about who Jesus is and to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and you've heard about the difference that he has made in their lives. And that is a choice that Mark gives us at the end of his Gospel. Do you believe that Jesus is alive? Do you believe that he is the Son of God? Do you believe everything that Mark's been teaching us about Jesus all through the first 15 chapters and the last end of his gospel? Do you believe it? Do you accept it? Is it true for you? You can choose to follow Jesus. And I'll tell you this, following Jesus is the greatest adventure you will ever take. Following Jesus is like none other. He will take you places you never thought you would go. He will lead you into things that you never thought possible. He will give you peace and joy and freedom that you had never imagined before. It's the greatest adventure you'll ever take, and it's a road that you will never have to walk alone. Because when you decide to believe in who Jesus is and to receive him as your Lord and Savior, then he gives you his Holy Spirit who comes and lives in you. God himself will come and live in your heart. He will live with you, and he will transform your life, and he will always be there, a friend who sticks closer than a brother, who will never leave you, who will never forsake you, no matter what difficulty or challenge or obstacle that lies ahead, you will have somebody to walk that road with. That somebody is God, and he's there. And you've heard the stories about how he's changed people's lives, the 15 people that got baptized, how he's transforming them how he is calling them up to be sons and daughters of God, the people that he created them to be. And he walks with them personally through every step and every moment of their lives. Following Jesus is the greatest adventure you'll ever take. And that is an adventure that Mark invites us to choose this morning. There's a third option. If you've already decided that Jesus is your God, and you've already given your heart and your life to him, the third option from the, the end of Mark's gospel is that you can go and tell others about Jesus. What the angel told the women in verse 7, go and tell, is the same instruction that he gives to us today in God's word. You can go and tell others about who Jesus is, what he has done for you, how he has changed your life, how he has walked with you through the ups and downs of life. And we can be the, the fulfillment of what God's word calls us to do at the end of Mark's gospel. We can choose to go and tell somebody about Jesus. Now, it's been said in the Bible, and, and a common uh, way of describing this is that when you give your life to Christ, you have the light of the world, the light of Christ living in you shining through you. But here's the thing. When light shines in a bright room, it's not very effective. If you take a flashlight and you go into Walmart where all the lights are on and you turn the flashlight on, you barely even notice that it's shining. Because light is only effective when it shines in the dark. And so if we are sitting here who have given our lives to Christ and we have the light of Christ shining in us and we keep that light inside the walls of this church in our holy huddle with our Christian friends where we feel safe and comfortable, you can't even really tell that the light is shining in you. It's kind of like wasted light. In order for our light to shine, we need to go out into the darkness and find a place 
to shine the light of Christ. We need to find the brokenhearted and the hurting and the hopeless and the sick. We need to talk to our friends and our neighbors and our family members and our schoolmates and our co-workers. And we need to shine the light of Christ and show them the love of Christ in the darkness that is our world. And this world is kind of a dark place sometimes. But we have the light of Christ, the risen Savior, living in us. And we can shine that light. You can walk away and do nothing. You can choose to follow Jesus. Or you can go and tell somebody about Jesus. Let me pray and we'll sing. Father, I pray that you would speak your word into our hearts right now. That you would call us clearly. That we would follow you in whatever step that might be. If somebody in here has not decided to follow you with their life, that they would make that decision this morning. That they would acknowledge, I have walked away from God. I have followed my own path but I am turning around and I will follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe His Word. I receive Him as my God and my Savior. And Lord, if somebody prays that this morning, that You would give them that new life that You promised in Your Word. And for those of us who have made that decision, that You would spur us on to go and tell somebody about what the Lord has done for us. We love You. In Jesus' name, Amen. You could stand. A couple weeks ago, I introduced a song called Death Was Arrested. The background of the song is that uh, the authors, the writers of the song, were in a graveyard. And they met a saint, uh, came up to a saint's tombstone, and uh, it said in the epitaph,